title of my sermon today is Breaking Out of Our Spiritual Safe Places. A safe place. Just what is a safe place? As we'll see, churches can be a safe place, but sometimes not so much for ministers. One Sunday, a minister's sermon was going on and on and on and on. Not like mine, but on and on and on and on. It was a really hot day, and there was no air conditioning in the church, so people were suffering. And as the minister finished only one part of his sermon, he asked the rhetorical question, not expecting an answer, my friends, before I move on with the next part of my sermon, what more can I say about what I just said? Suddenly, there was a loud voice from way back in the sanctuary that said, Amen. Please say Amen. John W. Worcester, a Presbyterian minister and author, describes a safe place in this way. At work or play, home or school, or church, or wherever we learn the specific languages and the peculiar vocabularies. We learn what is effective, authoritative, cool, popular, funny, and acceptable. We also learn what is not acceptable in those safe places. As we master the codes for the proper behavior in the, in the different contexts, we file this information alongside our passwords, our PIN numbers, and create for ourselves a sort of security blanket, a safe zone in which we live, move, and have our very being. It's a zone where all is pretty predictable, pretty comfortable, and pretty enjoyable. Safe places are frequently described not by being in them, but what happens when you move out of them. Abraham Maslow said, at any given moment, we have two options. Step forward into growth or step back into safety. C.S. Lewis stated, you have to let go in order to move forward. Safe places can also be created in the relationships we share with others. Family members, good close friends, fellow church members, and others that teach us and travel with us and or lead us through life. I think we all believe the neighborhood church is a safe place. Every Sunday, 52 weeks a year, you can come here in person or virtually, but either way you find the peace and the holy nature of this sanctuary. On most Sundays, you can hear the beautiful music of this huge organ, played by Honju, and our wonderful choir, led by David Saturn. These are religious and moving experiences. You can speak through prayer to God, who seems to be present here. 
you will hopefully learn something from the sermons that are given that will deepen your faith and that you can take with you for at least the next week. That is quite a safe place. But what do we do when there is a change in our safe place? Our security blanket, the safe zone in which we live, move, and have our being, when there is a total or even partial change in our safe place, it can occur to so many things, due to so many things in our lives. We move to a different location, which to us seems like entering an entirely different world. When we suffer a loss of a loved one that helped us create our self-place, and share that safe place with us. The result of which is described in our second scriptural passage for today. Our communities, nation, and the world are dramatically changed by warfare, whether it be ideological, domestic, or open arm conflict with other nations the result of which is described in our first scriptural passage for today. More specifically, what do we do when there is a change in the safe place that is called the neighborhood church? What do we do when something may look different and new in our safe place? What do we do when an issue is presented in our safe place that we don't immediately and confidently know what the outcome will be. I think you all know exactly what I'm talking about. The question is, how do each one of us deal with the fact that we are now in the process of finding first an interim minister and then a full-time minister? These people, man or woman, are going to lead us into the next chapter of this church. But it comes into our safe place. The first thing to know is that the process of receiving new ministers ain't nothing new. If you stop and think about it, any church that has been around as long as we have has had many new ministers. Searching for new ministers is going on right now in churches all over this country. In checking with my good friend and our church historian, Fran Bach, we have had 12 senior or interim ministers since 1945. By the way, that's 78 years old. That's older than I am. That's old. That's a long time. The second thing is, that we can never forget the role that Jesus Christ plays in the changes in our lives and the life of the church. That fact is important for two reasons. First, many of the changes that may happen in a church may appear to be traumatic and unpleasant as we go through them. And we have experienced those. But when over time we look back on them, some of the changes we went through caused us to enrich 
our spiritual lives. Now, certainly, the loss of a senior minister can be a traumatic and difficult change. But a very large percentage of ministerial changes work out for the best in the long run. In the case of our new ministers, whomever she or he will be, we must believe with Christ's help, our church will be made stronger. The church will grow in its size and the church will be led down a very but challenging path to serve God. And secondly, we can come to understand that God, through Jesus Christ, is with us every step of the way. Every step of finding our new ministers. In every meeting of the search committee for a new interim minister, and in every meeting of the search committee to find a new permanent senior minister, a prayer is raised up to God to seek first to learn God's will and then to carry out that will when we come to know it. Jesus Christ is taking us out of our safe place at the neighborhood church by asking us to search for and welcome a now unknown person to lead us. What do we do when Jesus Christ calls us out of our safe place? His call will most likely come to us in unexpected ways. It may be that the fit will not be as good or as easy as we might expect. It may be somewhat disturbing, this period of search to our carefully crafted world that is the neighborhood church. But that is the call of Jesus Christ. That is the call for us to follow. That is the call to the neighborhood church. God has issued those calls before. One of the more famous people to receive that call was Moses. God told Moses that he was the chosen one to bring his people out of the land of Egypt. Now, Moses didn't want any part of that job. No, no, not at all. He had a comfortable life herding sheep, and he did not want to step out of his safe place. So he gave many excuses to God, such as, who am I? To do such a thing, followed by, look, God, suppose they don't believe the crazy story that I spoke directly to God, whose name, by the way, is I am who I am. You think they're going to believe that? Then Moses said he couldn't speak very well. And to please God, find someone else. The excuses went on and on and on and on. But as we all know, eventually Moses answered God's call and helped lead his people out of Egypt. So what does the call of Jesus Christ involve? We would like to have something easy 
simple and quick to do. That's probably not going to happen. It takes time and patience to find new leaders for our church. What holds us back from responding to the call of Jesus? Many times it is worry. We are worried because we don't know specifically what the future holds for us. We are worried about failure. We are worried that the church might be a little different than it is now. Well, there's an important thing to note about the call of Jesus Christ. It is the path that he takes that we are to follow. It is the mountain that he climbs that we are to climb. It is the mud that he walks through that we are to walk through. But the most important thing about the call of Jesus Christ is he will be there right with us, walking side by side with us, guiding us during every step of the path that lies in front of us. And the presence of Jesus Christ through it all will give us the strength to make sure his call to follow him is fully and completely carried out. Folks, this is an exciting time. This is really an exciting time. You know, Jesus used many times the analogy of the cornerstone of a building. Well, all of us get to be the cornerstones of a new chapter in the life of Neighborhood Church. That's quite a thing. That's quite an exciting thing. And we will be the cornerstone of the new life and new chapter of Neighborhood Church. Christ is calling each of us right here and right now to follow me, to follow me. Follow me out of your safe place to expand your faith and the impact that faith can have on so many others beyond these walls. To walk into the safest place you can be on the path. He has chosen for us to find new ministers for the neighborhood church. That is truly exciting and something to look forward to. And he will be with us now throughout our church, throughout our search, and forevermore. Today, tomorrow and forevermore. Let it be so. Amen.